and welcome back to Scottish Educators Connect podcast. You're here with me, James. And me, Anita. Last week, we were joined by James McTaggart, an educational psychologist, where we explored trauma-informed practice. He discussed the policy landscape in Scotland and how, and how practitioners can be attuned to children and young people through their practice in the three C's of connected, coherent, and capable. Following on from this, we are joined by a former colleague of mine and somebody I admire very, very much professionally. Yvonne Fulton is principal teacher, soon to be deputy head teacher of the Inclusion and Wellbeing Service for Falkirk Council. Hi, Yvonne. Thank you for joining us. Hi there. Thank you for having me. No worries. Now, Yvonne, I know you quite well from our time working together in probably one of the most eye-opening um, and wonderful, but at the same time challenging environments that I've ever been in professionally. But that was almost three years ago. Um, for our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? And what are your experiences and interests? Well, so I am um, a principal teacher, as you've said. I've been um teaching for 22 years which when I say that out loud I think oh my goodness and I have experience within both mainstream and ASN so obviously I currently work for the inclusion and well-being service um, and we support pupils who are unable to access mainstream schools just for a variety of reasons so usually related to some sort of adversity within their lives that then impacts on their ability to attend mainstream school. Um, the work that we do, you know, we provide sort of small, well, as you know, Anita, but a small classroom setting where you're supporting individual needs of pupils. Um, you're also providing them with an element of mainstream. And because our service works for pupils age three to 18, we're also focusing on positive destinations for young people as well. Um, and not only within that um, off-site provision do we support pupils, we also work with our mainstream colleagues um, through our outreach service and through offering staff training um, to staff. Um, I'm really interested in supporting vulnerable young people. Um, it's a passion of mine. It's something that I always wanted to do when I was at university all those years ago. I remember my ASN placement, I chose to work within a residential setting. And then once I got a job, you know, time flew by. I was working within that mainstream setting. And a number of years ago now, I decided to make that decision that no, I really want to work within um, the inclusion and wellbeing sector. And it was time for me to make a move, which is what I did. Amazing. Um, thank you, Yvonne. <laughs> And it's lovely to meet you here today. Um, and it's great to hear around about the experience that you've had and the work that you've done in terms of supporting children and young people in your time in education. We've got Yvonne here with us on the podcast today because as we left our conversation last week, we left it with a bit of a taster around about what we hope to discuss today. That being the compassionate and connected community and the compassionate and connected classroom. But before we do, 
Um, Yvonne, it would be great for you to tell our listeners a bit around about what trauma-informed practice means to you and why has it become central to your professional learning and your practice? Um, well, I think that it's something that will come out a little bit more in our discussions when we look at the Compassionate and Connected Community uh, training and the resource. But I think for me, um, trauma, as you say, is something that is... It's been discussed more and more um, lately. There's, to me, the best sort of practical response to trauma is to be trauma-informed. So for organisations, for schools to just have that realisation that trauma is, it's everybody's business. You know, um, complex trauma or sort of developmental trauma obviously refers to traumatic events which are repeated interpersonal and and sometimes you know often although not always something that occurs in childhood with that sort of significant or potential risk of developmental impact um, and I think that it's something that we need to be as educators aware that it is everybody's business um, I think in you know particularly in schools we have to recognize the sort of signs and impact of trauma that response um, to trauma that it's also grounded in evidence-based practice. You know, sometimes people can undertake, a, you know, something can happen to them, an adverse experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a sort of complex traumatic experience to them. Um, we also have to make sure that as staff um, that were resisting that sort of re-traumatisation of individuals. And one of the key things about trauma for me as an educator is just the importance of relationships and how relationships matter uh, when you're supporting young people. Thank you, Avon. Recently, Education Scotland have produced a curricular resource which aims to develop the compassionate and connected classroom for all settings. But prior to this resource being released, though, I know that you've had experience of the compassionate and connected community um, within your role in Falkirk Council. With that in mind, mm -hmm. can you tell our listeners a little bit about the compassionate and connected community approach? What is it and why is it important and what kind of work have you been doing here? Mm -hmm. Well, the, there was a sort of, or there has been an increase in focus, obviously, on supporting children and young people who have experienced adversity and trauma, um, which, as we know, can impact on well-being and mental health. Um, and there was a, an identified need for practitioners just to have that additional professional learning and a curricular resource. So Education Scotland developed the Compassionate Connected Classroom and Community Resources. So um, this session, I've been involved in delivering, we call it the CCC uh, within Falkirk Council. Um, so working alongside um, an educational psychologist to deliver this programme. Um, so we, our focus this year has been on um, a programme of supporting the professional learning. Um, so the Compassionate and Connected Community Professional Learning Resource, it's a sort of targeted professional learning uh, resource based on evidence-based practice. And it complements a number of other areas. So it complements nurturing approaches and it contributes to staff understanding and practice around trauma and adverse early experiences. 
And it also uses a model of practitioner inquiry, which I think is really important, just to sort of help enhance reflective practice. And the practitioners are encouraged to engage in collaborative action research between sessions, just to further develop their knowledge and skills um, in supporting children and young people. And also the participants are encouraged to undertake further self-directed reading. So, you know, it's it's a big undertaking for staff. Um, and I think that, you know, it was this year was a sort of pilot. So other authorities in Scotland were delivering it. But it was very much up to the local authority on how you delivered it. So the way we um, took this forward this session was through um, in-service days and uh, twilight sessions. Um, so it was it was something that was really, really interesting to do. Um, it's an important tool in the sense of the training allows staff an opportunity just to explore their own professional values and their relevance to supporting vulnerable young people. Um, it allows staff to explore links between nurture, ACEs and trauma-informed practice and approaches in order to support those that have faced adversity. Um, it allows staff to recognise the importance of relationships and connection and just set it within the context of children's rights and also to understand the process of practitioner inquiry and just how this applies to the compassionate and connected classroom resource. And I think as well, at the heart of all that, in terms of teaching anyway, to me, it fits in really well at the values that are the core of the GTA, uh, GTCS standards. And obviously, they're relevant to all staff around social justice, integrity, trust and respect and professional communication. And Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. It sounds like a really kind of well-rounded resource in developing practitioners to understand and empathize with those vulnerable children in our classes but also to be able to to be active in their response in supporting these children what would you say has been yeah. the impact of this course this year <clears throat> well obviously we had just started well, I say we just started. We hadn't actually completed all our sessions. So there's sort of resource content, so to speak, is around there's a scene setting element, but it's focused on trauma, the sort of prevalence of that, the impact of it in signs, then the evidence based responses and how to avoid re traumatization, attachment and attunement, self regulation, and then staff well being and self care because obviously that's really important as well. Um, in terms of impact, we haven't, we ha we completed our final sessions in lockdown. So we've still to do the sort of evaluation of, yeah. the yeah. full evaluation of our um, programme with staff. Um, some of that's come in over the holidays. Some of it will be catching up with that when we return to school. However, just in terms of the way that it's set up, you know, staff have had that strong um, training in order to, when we do return to school, to support our young people, um, you know, and we don't know how things will be when we do go back. Um, yeah. So, you Some know, of in our terms of... Some of will need this more than ever. 
Yeah, well, exactly. And in terms of the sort of professional learning around it, I mean, obviously, in terms of compassionate and connected classrooms, it's something that everybody, you know, we should all be compassionate. We should all be considering connections when we support young people. Um, and we should be implementing relationship-based approaches. And by looking at that in great detail with staff, I think that will set them up, you know, positively for that return. Yeah, and linking you know, they'll to have the... that. Oh, sorry. No, I was just go going to say they'll have that specific knowledge just before they begin, you know, the compassionate and connected community training. Staff already have that understanding of a specific knowledge around nurture and ACEs and trauma-informed practice. So this isn't, I suppose that training wasn't like a universal training. It was for people who already had an understanding of those areas. Mm -hmm. But they'll then be able to go in because it wasn't just one individual from one school that undertook the training. The way we did it was that it was a group of people from each school. So they'll then be able to support colleagues when they return. Yeah, really rich. And linking that with the compassionate and connected classroom resource, Yvonne, what is that? What's the resource and how can we use it? Yeah, so that's a resource for all staff. And I think it's primarily um, aimed at supporting uh, upper primary. It's a health and wellbeing resource. However, I think that it can certainly be used in the middle stages of primary or even early secondary. Um, and it's a, that curriculum resource, so it sort of aims to support children in understanding adversity and trauma, that that young people understand that can happen to anybody. Um, it aims to um, support children to understand the sort of possible impacts on adversity and trauma and how that impacts on their well-being. Um, to develop compassion, empathy and tolerance just in young people's relationships with others and just for them to understand their right to be protected and to be supported by adults. I think that's really important. Yeah, um, I like how and... the... Sorry, Yvonne, <laughs> go on. No, I was just going to say, and also by sort of completing that resource to going through the the themes within it, it just provides young people with a strategy and the coping skills to develop um, and deal with challenge and develop resilience. And I think it's important for, for me anyway, I, I would suggest that all staff have read through it. I don't think that even if you're not working in upper primary, I think that it's still worthwhile for all staff because you know yourself, you can adapt resources to your yeah. own age and stage of young people and pupils. Yeah, I have taken a lot of time this past week to read through the resource. And I just think mm -hmm. of before my experience of working with you in the inclusion and well-being service, it's the sort of thing with individuals in my classes that I wish I had then. This is a quote from mm -hmm. the introduction. This suite of resources aims to raise awareness of the potential impact of adversity and trauma in shaping outcomes for children and young people and provide support that can mitigate against the impact of these experiences. That kind of sentence in itself for me is something that had I read that five or six years ago, I would have absolutely been thinking, OK, I need to learn more about this and use this with certain mm -hmm. individuals that I'm working with and support them. 
And then the resource as well, it, it's split up into five key themes. There's my rights, me and mm-hmm. my life, my relationships, how I think, feel and behave, and then developing our resilience together. I mean, these mm-hmm. five themes to me just are jumping out at me as being very child-centered, child-focused, but also giving autonomy to the learners in understanding what is happening in their lives, what's happening in their communities and in their classrooms, and who's actually responsible for keeping them safe and how they can both do that themselves and use other people to help. And I, Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think just the fact of you know, you do have a right to be protected and to be supported by those adults around you and to, you know, to be um, participating and, you know, engaging in themes that help you to understand that, to know where to go for help. And also I like the theme around building a resilience together in the sense of it's not something that they're going to learn on their own. You know, and and you spoke about... um, you know, the podcast that you did with James last week, and that's one of the things around, you know, that attunement element, that it's not something that young people learn on their own. It is something that they're supported to take forward by the adults around them. And if that's not something, um, you know, within, you know, that's something that as educators we should be looking to do with our young people to support those elements of attunement um, to help develop resilience. Uh, for them. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And it's been great to hear around about both your own uh, programme that you've been developing in terms of the professional learning and also the use of the resource. And I'm really pleased to hear around about how the professional practitioner inquiry that's taken place, because um, when we look at the, the national model of professional learning and we look at what um, I suppose Scottish educators connect as a as a as a group is trying to mm-hmm, trying to do yes. at the moment. It's trying to have that ongoing um, professional reflection and inquiry that we know that actually that's what pays dividends and that's what makes the the um, the greater mm-hmm. impacts for children and young people. So um, I'm really pleased that that's something that's been um, that's been built into the program. And I think that collaboration, obviously, you know, that's something that the you know you're promoting and what you're doing around professional learning but that collaboration with colleagues it allows you to sort of share um you know stories of your classroom Mm -hmm. but not in a a sort of that that judgy way it's about sharing in order to come up with a solution Mm -hmm. um and to you know learn from others and and that type of thing so you know that is very important yeah and when you were talking around about the resource and, and having looked at it after it had been published, when I was hearing James mm-hmm. talk last week around about the three C's of connected, coherent and capable, that's what was mm-hmm. um that's what was resonating with me trying to make that connection because as you say it's been um it's been based in, in children's rights and it's been based in a shared approach towards developing resilience so that it's not something that we um, that we make a flipping comment saying that children and young people just need to develop that, but actually the adult sees their role in supporting and empowering that mm-hmm. um, that level of um, of resilience with the, with the children and young people. It'd be also great to hear a bit more around about your your specialist role in terms of supporting children and young people, and it'd be really interesting if you could 
to share an experience which has been rewarding for you in developing your trauma-informed practice? Well, I think um, for us in, in our setting, so it's not just one it's not just one specific resource that we use. You know, you're building on a lot of different um, resources. You know, you're, it's all about, as I said at the start, relationships within our setting. That's one of the most important elements. And when young people come to us, when they're, they first arrive, obviously they've had that, um, you know, they, they've either not been in mainstream school for a really long time, um, or, you know, they've, they've just, it's an exclusion from something, an exclusion from their friends, an exclusion from a school setting. And for whatever reason, it's not, a, you know, that, I don't mean that to sound a sort of blame thing on the, the school. It's just that that's the reality. That's the fact and that's what's happened. Um, so it's important for them to understand that when they do come to us, that it's a really safe place for them. Um, you know, an experience um, when I that I can think of is a young person who's actually just recently returned to mainstream, which obviously is one of the most important elements of, of what we do. It's about providing young people with the skills to be able to do that, to be able to return to a mainstream setting. And um, a really, really know, positive have... milestone as well. Exactly, a really positive exactly. Milestone. Well, you're wanting somebody to, because it affects your, obviously, your future life chances. Um, you know, wh where you leave school from. So, you know, we are looking for them to return to mainstream. And one of the boys, um, it was a boy, one of the young people that I was supporting, as I say, he is going to be returning to mainstream. But for him, it wasn't just about how it that experience of coming to us developing those skills and regulation, then being able to self-regulate. It wasn't just about that. It was also about the impact, that, that positive impact it had on his family. Because when he initially came to us, his mum was unable to attend her work. And now, although her work had been really positive and had supported her, that was actually having a real impact on her own well-being. Um, you know, she was constantly having to to leave our work, to go to the school, to support him. And, you know, the just the very fact of her, when he first came, him being in school full time had a massive impact on her. Um, you know, and it allowed her to return to her own work, um, which then had a more positive effect on their family life as well. Um, and then once somebody's in with us, you know, we're looking at, Obviously, it's a small setting, as I mentioned. What strategies support that young people? How do we engage them in education? Um, you know, looking at the different types of, you know, I know, Anita, obviously, you're really keen on that play element. And it's it's something that we do as as well. And, you know, I learned a lot from you, Anita, even when I started working with you around those types of activities to engage somebody in the learning process. It's not that putting a textbook in front of somebody. So, you know, when I think of that young person, it was learning through play. And they then, you know, you make links with the mainstream school, you're sharing good practice with them, you know, the th types of things that will engage 
him as a learner. They're coming out to see him. You're taking him out to see them. You know, it's a really, it's a long process in a way. And every little step is a, is a milestone. Um, you know, always engaged in a learning activity sort of for 10 minutes to then, oh my goodness, he's attended mainstream school and he's been there all morning <laughs> to then he's actually there full time. You know, it's a, it is, it's a yeah. long process. And we make those really positive links with our colleagues and offer continued support when the young person returns does return to mainstream and it's not always the, the mainstream school they came from try as you might you try to re-establish relationships but you know that doesn't always work it might be that you're looking for a fresh start for them it just depends on the individual um, and then as a service we have to recognize when it's time for us to pull back you know but it's those types of things they have a massive impact and make you realize you know how important the job is that you're doing but as I said sometimes it can just be the fact that one young person has engaged in a board game with somebody else I really think it's such a rewarding job doing this you know um, because it's not always about it's not that exam results it's not you know that type of it's not driven in that way so to speak it's it, it's those emotional um, types of achievements that you just look at and you think wow that's amazing I can't believe that yeah, I mean, I think the milestones, you're right, they are really, really important. And I think what we get as practitioners as well, um, you know, you said that you'd learn from me, Yvonne. That's news to me because I learned so much from you um, and, <laughs> and working with you um, within the wellbeing service. But, you know, when I was working with you, I was working specifically with um, a young child, a really young child, um, a, a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. And it was my first experience as an educator of having and a child needing physical contact from me. And it was yes. my first experience uh -huh. as an educator of feeling really like my cuddles and my tickles and the chasing around the room and the laughing and the joking um, were really, really important and made such a difference. And I think it's of the many things that I learned um, in my time working with you and, and with this child. It's That's the one thing that continues into my practice now with the little ones in the early years is just how important that physical touch is and actually how mm -hmm. that touch can really change a child's esteem and value and, and self-efficacy and mm -hmm. belief in themselves. And that's the thing, because not everybody is experiencing that necessarily at home. Yeah. Um, or if they are, it might not be in that positive way. And I think that it is, it's really, really important. It's that thing of saying, you know, you are engaging. It doesn't just have to be through talk. Touch is, you know, that is so important. But um, and it also even things as well like routines, you know, for the young people yeah. that we support, it's almost that it's the same thing every day. Obviously, your activities are different, but it allows them that plan and predict and I know what's coming next. It's in my safe environment and our routines are just so important for them as well. Um, and, you know, you'll know, you'll know yourself from being there that if something happens, it's unexpected. 
that's often when you see that behaviour, whether it's an outburst or whether it's somebody withdrawn into themselves, because it's then the unexpected is the unsafe. So, you know, for us as educators, it's important to keep that they know what they have. They know what to expect from us as adults. They also know what to expect from their day. Um, so that's very important too. Yeah, I think supporting some of the most vulnerable children in Scotland is a really challenging job, but it is also really rewarding. My brief experience of working with you, Yvonne, gave me a much deeper insight into just how committed and loving you have to be to, to ensure that you're supporting young people in a really meaningful and authentic way. And mm -hmm. we spoke last week with James about, you know, the authenticity of, of your relationship and, and your your support of the children. And, you know, building relationships and putting well-being at the heart of what we do in Scotland, it's not new. You know, James and I talking no, to you and, and talking not. to James oh. last week, we're not covering groundbreaking strategies here. But some of our listeners will definitely be new to compassionate and connected classrooms and relationships focused approaches. So where can practitioners find some more information or support or guidance here? Well, there's lots and lots of, um, obviously on the Education Scotland website, you'll find the compassionate and connected classroom curricular resource. Um, and, you know, that's you can download that. The, it's a PDF <laughs> um, format. And, it, it, you know, it, it is so valuable as a resource. You you know, you'll know that you said that you'd had to look yourself. So it's a really, really valuable resource. Um, there's lots of uh, websites that, you know, you can access the Nurture UK website, Mental Health Foundation. Um, some I don't know if you want, but there's some really useful books that I've used yeah, in the past. Yeah, give us um, a book. So sort of <laughs> in, Inside I'm Hurting by Louise Balmer. Uh, again, by her That's too, Settling Troubled Pupils one. to Learn, Why Relationships Matter in School. You know, and these books are, particularly her books, they're very... Um, practical. I really, really like her books. I find them extremely practical. I've also been to a lot of, uh, I've been to training that she's delivered in Glasgow, actually. And it's just that practicality, things that you can put in place in your classroom around, as you say, that authenticity. As I mentioned, the routines, the importance of those things. And it's almost that sort of practical guide for uh, practitioners. Um, I really find her books extremely useful. Um, do you know, there's also sort of Dan Hughes, the building the bonds of attachment. Um, you know, there's lots of different things. And I think um, within the compassionate and connected community resources on Education Scotland, they do provide reading lists um, and links to websites, which is really, you know, it's great for for people looking for further reading to do as well. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I would suggest. But I would definitely say Louise Balmer would be my go-to. Um, and then Me also <laughs> Education Scotland resources and then um, NHS Health Scotland and ACES website as well. Um, I think they would. that's where I would start. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Yvonne, and we'll Thank be sure you. to, um, through Anita's power of podcasting magic, be able to link those resources to this um, podcast for listeners. Um, which <laughs> yes, is, I will. Oh, which uh, definitely is, I'm <laughs> sort of trying to scribble them down at the moment. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for, for coming on the podcast today. And we, we truly are lucky to have folks like yourselves who are willing to come out and share what they do and, and what we could do too. Um, in terms of our listeners, we asked this question um, for those that were that, that were chatting to just around about where can we find a bit more around about the work that you're doing in in your local authority. Um, well, we have Twitter pages, and mm-hmm. um, so I have my own one, um, which is at Yvonne Fulton eighteen. And our um, services at Inclusion and Wellbeing Service Falkirk. Oh, sorry, it's at IWBS Falkirk. Um, and, you know, just even through Twitter, you know, we will post um, articles, we'll post some of the work that we're doing. You know, we share things like that um, on there as well for anybody that's interested. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Thank, Thank you. you, Yvonne. It was so, Yvonne, it was so lovely to talk to you again, um, especially after all this time. And we do really appreciate you taking the time to share your work with our listeners. When James and I decided to do a suite of podcasts on trauma-informed practice and relationships in the classroom, you were the first person that I thought of that I just wanted to talk to about this. Um, oh, thank everybody, you. <laughs> no, definitely. Everybody who is listening, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we continue to explore relationships and family support, this time from a very vocal early years perspective. As ever, you can follow our work by visiting scottisheducatorsconnect.com or searching hashtag scottisheducatorsconnect on Twitter. Yvonne, thank you. And James, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.